Welcome to the Food Therapy Podcast, where we talk honestly and openly about mental health, diet culture, BS, and food freedom. We're your co-hosts. I'm Brittany Modell, owner of Brittany Modell Nutrition and Wellness. And I'm Lauren Sharp, owner of Empower Method Nutrition. We are food freedom registered dietitians who have struggled with mental health, poor body image, and disordered eating behaviors. We are on a mission to dismantle diet culture, normalize conversations around mental health, and empower you as you heal your relationship with food and your body. Let's get talking. Hello, and welcome back to Food Therapy Podcast, where Brittany and I have chugged coffee all morning because it's Monday morning and we're recording, but things are great. Yeah, it's it started out a little rough, but we are <laughs> ready to go. Surviving, not thriving, but it's fine. We're going to be chatting all about weight gain in the food freedom process. You know, after struggling with restriction, both Brittany and I have gained weight. We both do want to acknowledge that we have thin privilege and we understand that it is definitely a little bit easier, a lot easier for us to uh, talk about this than somebody who might be in a bigger body. Yeah. And I think the reason it's easier is because we are still quote unquote, like societally acceptable or, you know, in terms of size, we're not looked at any differently. And so I do think it's very important to acknowledge that although we have experienced weight gain, we have experienced changes in the way our clothing fits us, you know, we are not getting discriminated against. And that is a really important thing to differentiate. Totally. Yeah. And I think there is within ourselves, you know, everybody, it doesn't matter the size of body that you're in, you can deal with body image struggles. But if you are quote unquote, societally acceptable there, you're not dealing with that extra layer of discrimination from everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Healthcare, family, friends. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like this has come up for both of us. And Lauren and I actually got together for lunch in Philly last week, which was so fun. And we just started to talk about how our bodies have changed. And, you know, for me, it it definitely changed during the pandemic a lot. I think that, you know, I really stopped exercising. I stopped working out. I was drinking a lot more alcohol than I had been in the past. And so in addition to, of course, food freedom and, you know, increasing the amount of variety of foods I eat and really healing my relationship with food, there were also other factors kind of at play as well. Totally. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting because uh, I know we were talking about this, how we were saying, you know, we're both at the heaviest that we've ever been, but at the same time, like I mentally about my body, I feel better than I ever have. And I, I don't think about it nearly as much as I used to, which is just so interesting. And it shows you how body image is such a mental game. It really is. And, you know, there were times when I was in a much smaller body, much smaller jean size and dress size. And I was deeply unhappy. I was anxious. I was depressed at times. So again, I don't want to diminish 
how some body changes can affect some people, because again, we do have, you know, that thin privilege. But what I will say is body image is absolutely an inside job and weight loss tends to be this fix all. Like if I can just lose weight, then I can get my dream job. Then I can marry someone of my dreams. Then I can finally be happy. And it's just not the truth. And not just our experience, it's the experience of all of our clients as well. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I want to say like, it's really hard when you see your body change. So we don't want to, we want to hold space for that too, because you know, trying on jeans that you love or trying on your favorite dress and realizing it's too small can feel really overwhelming. It can feel upsetting and frustrating. So we want to take you through, you know, some of the things that have helped us as we've noticed our bodies change and evolve over time. Yes. And we also want to acknowledge that we don't have perfect body image every single day. I think there is this... (laughs) I think there is this, you know, in marketing around food freedom and just like people sharing their experience. It's like, oh, body love, body love, body love. That doesn't mean that we love our bodies every second of every day. It means that no matter how we feel about our bodies that day, whether we're like, oh, don't love this today, we at least respect it. And that can be a variety of different ways that you can respect it. Maybe it's, all right, I don't love how I look today, but like, I'm also not feeling like working out and that's okay. Or, you know, I'm not loving how I look today, but I still deserve to fuel my body. Right. And, you know, so still respecting versus being like, oh my gosh, this, I'm supposed to love my body all the time. This, this, this isn't right. Like I need to fix this it's okay. It's okay not to love your body every second of every day. I always like to use the analogy of like, would you expect yourself to be happy every second of every day? No, you have emotions. You're a human. It's the same way with your body. You're not going to love every time you look in the mirror and that's okay too. It's how you deal with it. It's how you close the loop rather than setting yourself down the spiral. Right. And I also think again, going off of what you're saying, Lauren, it's not body positivity, you know, body love that we're striving for. It's rather body neutrality and body acceptance and also body liberation, which means knowing like, wow, I am so much more than my body. So I love using and statements. Like I'm having a really challenging body image day and I know I have friends and family who love me regardless of how my body looks, or I'm having a really challenging body image day. And I know that I'm killing it at work and it has nothing to do with how my body looks. So using those and statements can really create a sense of nuance Mm -hmm. when dealing with pretty much anything, but especially when it comes to food and body image. 100%. And it helps me a lot too, knowing like if I'm having a bad body image day, I'm, I, and I am happier than I've ever been. And I know that my quality of life, if I went back to, you know, those days when I was restricting, it would be horrible. So I choose to, you know, take those days with a grain of salt, recognize that it's okay. If you have a bad body image day, you're not going to love the way you look every single day, but that doesn't mean that again, you can't respect it. And you can also acknowledge that you're much happier or, or whatever benefits that you have gotten, um, through the food freedom process, whatever, you know, weight gain, et cetera. 
Yes. I had a really amazing conversation once with a client and she was like, I've gained some weight and I'm really upset about it. But then when we started to go through what else she gained in the process, the list was endless. Like she was like, I learned how to cook during the pandemic. I feel more secure in myself and my work and my friendships. I'm happier. And so, you know, yes, like she had gained weight and she gained all of these other things in the process. So sometimes even thinking about, you know, what else am I gaining? Even if I do find my gene size changing in the process, like what else am I gaining? Yeah, that and all these ands, um, and recognizing, like you mentioned, you're so much more than a body. So I always love to say like, write out what you are more than a body, right? So a lot of times coming from this place of really obsessing over our bodies, body dysmorphia, whatever you're struggling with, that becomes our identity a lot of times. Yes. So stepping away from your body being your identity and figuring out who you really are aside from your body, right? So I'm a really good friend. I'm really kind. I'm really good at my job. I acknowledge when I need rest, like little things. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. Yes. You took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say, especially when somebody was you know, when someone loses weight and people are applauding them and congratulating them and saying like, you look amazing. Like, how did you do it? That becomes your identity. And so Lauren, I know we've had these conversations before where as nutrition students, as dietitians, you know, so many people look to us to be this like picture of perfectness all around. Mm -hmm. And so for so many years, my identity was cooking everything, eating really healthy, working out multiple times a week. And, you know, people striving for what really was disordered eating and orthorexia. Yep. But that was my identity for so long. And so I think when I started to gain weight, I started to notice my body changing. I felt grief because I'm like, I don't know what my identity is. And I was, you know, at that point in graduate school and I'm like, holy crap, like I can't even help myself? Like, how am I supposed to help anyone else? So it's normal to grieve your old body. It's normal to grieve your clothing that your old body could fit into and that you loved so much. I still have clothes in my closet that I'm not quite ready to let go. Some of it is expensive clothing that I purchased. Some of it is clothing that really reminds me of special events that have happened in my life. And it's okay. Like you don't have to you know, get rid of every single item of clothing in your closet. But I encourage you to start to find clothing that fit your here and now body. So whether it's buying a new pair of jeans or leggings, anything that feels comfortable on your body is going to be a really important step when kind of healing your challenging body image days and healing this newer body that you've developed. Yes. And with that, obviously we also want to acknowledge like financial privilege to do that. Yes. But there are things that you can, you know, there's apps like Mercari, Poshmark, you can sell your old clothes on, uh, which is, you know, can help you to get some new clothes. I also want to challenge you to think, uh, you know, again, assuming that you have this privilege, a lot of times people will say, well, I don't, I'm scared of weight gain because I don't want to have to buy new clothes because it's expensive. I want to challenge your thinking and ask you if you lost weight, 
would you have that same thought process? Would you think, well, I don't want to lose weight because I don't want to have to spend money on new clothes. Yeah. It's such a great point. And the truth is when people lose weight and again, they have the financial abilities to be able to buy clothes. There is this like feeling of being so proud and so excited and we've all been there. But then I think it's the story that we're telling ourselves when we gain weight, there's so much shame. It's like, well, I've spent all this money on clothing and now what I'm going to buy more clothing. And what if my body continues to change? Am I just going to continuously buy more clothing? And again, we're not, you know, encouraging anyone to go out and buy a whole new wardrobe, but if you're currently wearing a pair of jeans that are just really tight and they constantly remind you of your body changing, is it possible to maybe buy a pair of jeans or buy a pair of pants or a dress that you can wear often that is more comfortable, that won't be as triggering for you? Yes. And I'm assuming, I don't know if you've been there too, but I've been there where I'm like, all right, what's the smallest size I can fit into just to say that I was in that size. Right. And then it didn't fit me in the first place. Right. And I gained weight and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm such a failure. I can't even fit into this. Right. So I totally agree. Like getting rid of those types of clothes. Oh my gosh. It is just liberating when you actually find a pair of jeans or like, because the truth is no matter what size body you are in, there are clothes that you can, find that will feel comfortable again, can be more difficult if you are in a bigger body and that hopefully will be changing eventually. But, um, it is possible to feel comfortable in clothes. It's just a matter of, I mean, there's days when I go shopping and I'm like, this literally is the worst time ever. And I'm in a small body and you just, there's certain clothes that don't flatter you the right way. They don't hit you the right way. And, and that's just the nature of, of the clothing industry, but yeah. But what I want to say is, you know, when you do the work and when I say do the work, some of the things I'm talking about is really digging into your beliefs around body image. You know, where did those beliefs come from? For me, it came a lot from my mom. She's not going to listen to this podcast, so it's okay. And, (laughs) you know, just hearing her critique her body and constantly looking at herself in the mirror I have my mom's body. So growing up, like when I would hear her and still hear her say things about her body, I'm like, you're talking about my body because I'm shaped exactly like you. Mm. Um, And so some of the beliefs that form from family, from doctors, from friends, from social media, from just society in general. And then also, you know, really looking at your core values. So how do your core values align with how you perceive yourself and you know how body image plays a role? For me, I find that the way I live my life is so much more aligned with my core values than they were when I was restricting, when I was obsessed with my body size, when I was constantly trying to shrink my body. And so there comes like a piece where you're like, wow, like I, I'm living my life according to my values. And what that brings is happiness because when you live your life, according to your values, it feels really, really good. Yes. And that's why I love this work so much because it's, it's rarely ever even about food or your body. It's when you figure out your values and your core gifts and what you have to offer the world and yourself, you can just live so much more intentionally. So like, I mean, this 
to me, when I first heard about this, I was like, what the heck are, what does that even mean? Right. So as an example, um, Molly, who is the body image expert in my group coaching programs is amazing and has been my, um, body image mentor and taught me a lot of this, this, these tools and techniques and a lot of this work in general and has been on the podcast and has been on the podcast (laughs) and it's definitely not something, I mean, anything that I do today is not something that I learned in school, but, um, to become a dietitian, but it's really been helpful to have her as a mentor because, you know, something she always says, what makes your heart happy and what makes your heart sad? So what makes your heart happy? All right. Maybe that's, I personally love when everyone feels accepted, everyone feels included. So, that means that I could have a core gift of inclusivity. So I make people feel really included, right? Or accepted or whatever it is. So how can I bring more of that into my life? Is it, you know, volunteering somewhere where I want everyone to feel accepted or is it, you know, advocacy work, advocacy work, right? Totally. So, um, all these things is, and those are two questions that you can use to dig into your, um, your core gifts and then asking yourself, okay, how can I bring more of that into my life? Because chances are that's going to bring you joy. It's going to make you feel like you're living in alignment. And then same thing with your values. I mean, do you have any good examples of, of how you live in alignment with your values? Yeah. I mean, I would say I'm actually going to pull up. So I use Brene Brown's value worksheet all Mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. Um, hold on. I'm okay. So there are a few, but I, th- I think that for me, like connection is really important yes. and, um, equality is really important. And as you said, like even inclusivity mm-hmm. growth for me, growth mindset is so important, whether yeah. it's work related, family related friends, relationships, that's incredibly important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing what else loyalty with friends and yes. Um, you know, of course, family. And then I would say even like understanding. Yeah. I think that, you know, it makes me the clinician that I am. It makes me the friend that I am, the partner that I am. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking at a lot of these core values, you know, obsessing over my body doesn't quite fit in. And I think that's why it never really sat well for me, but I didn't know any better. And I didn't know there was an alternative to hating your body. Yes. Again, when you grew up with a mom. I love her. She's my best friend. But when you, when you grow up with someone so close to you and they're so critical of their own body, it's really hard to normalize body acceptance and body neutrality. Totally. And those values, I mean, they're very, I have very similar values and it's just crazy because I feel like as I was healing my relationship with food, everything was just kind of falling into place in my life in terms of Mm -hmm. like figuring out what I want to do and really aligning in that way. And like feeling like I have more of a purpose than to just control my food and control the size of my body has been really helpful. And also asking yourself with weight loss, what am I seeking? So I had an example with a client where she was seeking that connection, right. From other Mm -hmm. people, because when she feels connected, she feels accepted. And we had to kind of go through like, all right, well, when you're in those types of social situations, what makes you feel connected? And a lot of times it's vulnerability, right? So having those connections with people that you feel like you can be vulnerable with, and then 
you don't have to worry about the size of your body to feel connected because you feel connected based on something that yes. is not your body. Yes. Something that's also so interesting that it didn't occur to me for a while, but when I was kind of straddling the fence of weight loss and um, this like intuitive eating approach, which happened for a pretty long time, anytime I help someone with weight loss, I never felt good about it. I didn't leave sessions with clients being like empowered and I helped someone. I actually felt really terrible. And as I started to heal my relationship with food, I really didn't feel good about it because I'm like, why am I encouraging someone to engage in behaviors that I myself no longer believe in and do. So again, it it goes back to the core values. That work never aligned with my values. When I got into this field, working on body image, working on intuitive eating, working on helping people to heal their relationship with food, I can walk away from sessions being like, I just feel good. I feel like I empowered someone. I feel like I supported someone and created a safe space. It is such a different feeling. And when you're not living according to your values, you feel it. Yes. 100%. And it's crazy because I would never have said that 10 years ago, five years ago, I'm like living in in alignment with my values. Right. But I genuinely do. And I think that's just a, I mean, a component of it is just like self-discovery and self-awareness, Yeah. but, and I, like, I always try and put into words, like how, how did that even come about that? I realized that that needed to happen, but I think it's just having like someone even explaining to me why it's important to live in alignment with your values. Yes. And I also think something that's really helped me even if I didn't believe it in the beginning was following other coaches, following dietitians who were kind of like the pioneers, um, or at least doing this type of work before I even realized it was possible for me or for clients that I work with. Mm -hmm. So seeing that, you know, yeah, you don't have to hate your body. You don't have to pick on your body. You don't have to starve yourself. Like there is another way. And I think oftentimes like people don't know there's another way people don't realize like, Oh wow, I can opt out of dieting. I can opt out of micromanaging my body and constantly obsessing over my body size. And so I think what was so helpful for me is not only seeing other clinicians and other people kind of voice this message about body acceptance and body neutrality, but then also taking another step, which is following different bodies on my Instagram feed and TikTok. So really creating a sense of body diversity has honestly been one of the most impactful things that I've done when it comes to just normalizing body image and normalizing body image struggles. Um, that was something that was really helpful for me too, because our entire lives, we've just been shown this idyllic quote unquote image of what a woman should look like. And when you start, especially when I started filling my social media feed with different size bodies, I was like, oh my gosh, wait, there's like normal, cool people out there that don't have this idyllic you know, model, model body, body, size, body right? type. And like, 
they're doing just fine. They're, they're thriving, right? Like there's no, there's nothing like seeing, especially people, not only people that look similar to your body, but also people who are in those bigger bodies. And if you don't find it triggering, you can have smaller bodies on your, on your feed. I personally don't find it the most helpful. I like to fill my feed with people who look more like me or are in bigger bodies. Um, but it's completely up to you. And I think the key there is really just knowing that bodies are meant to change. Mm -hmm. Like we, in society, there's this resistance to aging. There's this resistance to body change. Like, and that's just like a natural cycle of life. And I, I don't like, where did that even come from that that needs to be a thing? Like bodies are going to change, especially as women, if you have children or, you know, like, you are supporting a child, your body is going to change. And also our metabolism changes, life events changes. And it's like when you're holding on to the identity of being a certain size, you're kind of setting yourself up for such disappointment. And I, I think, you know, it's so interesting because growing up, I didn't realize this idea of body diversity. And I think a lot of that had to do with internalized fat phobia and just really not having the knowledge that I have now, and also just not having the exposure as I do now. But I don't even know if I spoke about this on the podcast, but growing up, I like looking back, like, yeah, like I was like, I was a normal sized kid. Like I was pudgy. I was whatever I was growing. And my sister was so small, like Mm -hmm. being pole small. And I was so resentful towards her. And she will tell you, I was really mean growing up. We're best friends but I was mean. And I think part of the reason I was so mean was because I was so angry. I'm like, why is it so easy for her to be this size? And I struggled so much and I was made fun of and, you know, family members would say things to me and all these things. And even when I had lost all that weight and my body couldn't accept it, it's like, you're not supposed to be this size. So I lost my period. I, you know, my metabolism was totally screwed up. My hormones were screwed up. And yet I was still bigger than my sister. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why is she this size? It took me over 25 years to realize like, we're just meant to have different bodies. One isn't right or wrong. Like we just have different body sizes. And now like, I don't feel triggered when she shows me new clothing and she, you know, she's able to wear things that would, I honestly would never fit into, but it's because I did all that healing. I did all of that reflection that I'm like, yeah, like she's a different body size. I have blue eyes. She's green eyes. I have brown hair. She has red hair. I'm, you know, in a, a one size body, she's in another size body. And so kind of having that level of acceptance, which is like, yeah, like we're not all meant to look exactly the same is so, you know, healing and so rewarding at the same time. Yeah. Especially when we've had this one way of thinking all our lives, at least for me, I was like, mm-hmm oh, you're supposed to look this one way. And when you expand your mind and open up and, and feel like you can be something else other than this one thing, it is truly so healing. It is. It really is. So, you know, with that, I would say, dig into your own body image story. Mm -hmm. Where do those beliefs come from? You know, look at your own internalized fat phobia. There's nothing to feel ashamed about. We all have it. It's just a byproduct of, you know, the world we live in, the culture we live in. And so 
you know, get curious about it, figure out how it shows up for you. How do you see it show up in the media? How do you see it show up in healthcare? It's there. And I really think that part of healing one's relationship with their bodies is acknowledging fat phobia, acknowledging weight stigma, acknowledging body diversity. Mm-hmm. It's a really important step and figure out like, how do you want to live your life? Because just because family members have a certain idea of body size and, you know, even friends have a, a certain size, how do you want to live your life? And that goes back again to core values. Yeah. And if you want to live your life X, Y, Z way, are you able to do that by obsessing over your body all the time? Mm-hmm. So Britt, I feel like a good way to kind of wrap this episode up is explain how we support our bodies. Yes. So some of the things that have helped me to support my body is honestly wearing clothing that fits. So over the last like few years, I continue every season. I do a cleanse. I'm like, have I worn this? Does this make me feel good? Will I wear this? Not a juice cleanse. Not a juice cleanse, it's a clothing (laughs) cleanse. I have sold and donated a lot of clothing. And, you know, again, if I don't feel ready to detach from something, totally fine, but I'll put it at the back of my closet or I'll put it somewhere else. So that's one thing that I've been able to do to really support myself. Again, looking at accounts that make me feel really good. If certain accounts trigger me or just make me feel bad about myself, I unfollow them. I I just, you know, I don't, I simply unfollow. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things that I've been able to do is, you know, if I kind of go down a rabbit hole or I start to have a challenging body image day, I give myself space to, as Brie Campo says, like sit in the suck. And I, I acknowledge it. I'm like, yeah, like this is uncomfortable. Like I, I don't feel super comfortable, but I know it's going to pass. And so, you know, it's so important to validate yourself. We're not saying that you should never have challenging body images or negative body image thoughts, but I recognize like, okay, like this kind of sucks. Like I don't feel great. And this too shall pass. Um, So allowing yourself to sit in it, sit in that discomfort and support yourself rather than try to fix it, which most of us do try to do. What about you? What has been, you know, helpful for you? Yeah, those are all really great. Um, I mean, I think in terms of movement, acknowledging and actually asking my, and in terms of food, asking myself, what do I need rather Mm. than what do I think I should have? Or what do I think I should do? So on some days it's like, I really want to like hard heart pumping workout other days. I'm like, I don't want to freaking move. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Right. Right. And same thing with food. I have switched my mindset from how little can I eat to how much do I actually need? What's going to support me best here? Mm -hmm. Uh, like you said, the Instagram, social media, just like getting my algorithm to kind of, you know, well, first of all, one thing that's really helpful is if I'm on my discovery page and I see like, uh, like before and after photos, you can hit those top three, three little dots in the right-hand corner and hit not interested. And it'll tell the algorithm that you're not interested in that, those types of posts, which is helpful. Uh, what else? Um, honoring when I need rest. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways that you can support your body and it's totally individualized to each person the same way that like our definition of health is individualized and you know, how we want to live our lives is individualized, but those are just some quick examples. And just one more thing to add to, I think just having self-compassion for yourself. Yes. A question I often will have clients ask themselves is like, would I talk to my best friend this way? Right. Would I say this to my best friend? And oftentimes the answer is no, but we're so quick to judge ourselves, to be critical of ourselves. How can we start to create a bit more self-compassion and non-judgment? Again, our brains are so adaptable. So we like adaptive. Mm -hmm. So the more you practice, you know, thinking certain ways, the more you really dig into your beliefs and, you know, your thoughts over time, the hope is that we can retrain our brains and that we have a bit more flexibility in the way we think about food and the way we think about body image. Yes. Love it. All to say is if you've experienced weight gain, we hear you, we are here for you. We understand but we wanted to create this episode because we think it's so important for people to realize that you don't have to fix anything. Like nothing about you is broken and all bodies are worthy of respect and care and love. So we just wanted to, you know, pass that message along. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. As always, we love and appreciate you and we would love and appreciate you even more if you left us a review and rated and subscribed because that helps us to continue to put this content out for you guys. And also share with a friend who could benefit from this. If you have a friend who's struggling with body image or food or mental health, you know, share this with them and it's the best gift you can give. Yes. And let us know if you want to hear any specific topics because we are always open to suggestions. Yes. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Food Therapy. If you enjoyed what you heard and want to support our podcast, please subscribe, hit download, and share it with your community. We value your feedback. If you feel inspired, please leave a review. Let us know what you've learned and what you would like to hear next. All information about this episode will be linked in our show notes. New episodes of Food Therapy come out every Sunday, but you can stay connected with Food Therapy all week long by following us on Instagram at Food Therapy Pod. As a disclaimer, this podcast should not replace therapy or working with a registered dietitian. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.